The following program is pre-recorded. From Buck Studio at Wisconsin Public Radio, this is Zorba Pastor on your health. I'm Carl Christensen, and I'm here with family doc Zorba Pastor. We'll spend the next hour with you in our virtual doctor's office. Although, Zorba, we're missing the innocuous artwork that's hanging on the walls that you usually see. And the see. old magazines. The old magazines, the butcher <laughs> National paper. National Geographic, the whole thing. <laughs> Plastic that's trees. Right. Uh, well, anyways, we're going to talk healthy living. We'll walk through a healthy recipe. We'll get to some of your emails and a few of your phone calls as well. So if you have a question for the good doc, the number to call anytime is 800 462 7413. And along with those calls, we'll discuss a few healthy living topics, Zorba. Right. So, melatonin gummies are something that a lot of people use to go to sleep. Now, these are different than THC gummies, which people use to go to sleep, or cannabis gummies that people use to go to sleep or stay awake. But melatonin gummies may have a different dose than what you think is on the label. We'll talk about that where the FDA fits in and where the FDA does not fit in with this. And then, sedentary time with adolescents' hearts. You know, our kids are in front of screens all the time. They're not getting out. They're not moving. What does this say about their hearts now? And what does it say about heart disease in the future? Some interesting data that comes out of Europe. Interesting stuff. And what is the special recipe today? Scampi. I happen to love a whole variety of scampi. This is mushroom scampi. It's a wonderful recipe. Wonderful for anybody who loves mushrooms and anyone who loves garlic. Wow, that sounds great. I'll eat that. All right, to the phones we go at 800-462-7413. That's 1-800-462-7413. Let's welcome our first caller now. This is a listener in Glenwood, Iowa. Hi. Hello. Thank you for taking my call. I've learned so much over the years. I have not been 40, but thanks again, Dr. Perloff, for all that you're doing. Thank you very Um, much. Appreciate it. I have a question because last year um, I joined the ranks of the younger members of our family who all have to eat gluten-free, and I found out that's a good thing for me. Uh But um, I've always heard that I should eat uh, what's called a fiber-rich diet. Mm -hmm. Right. So how can I do that if I'm gluten-free? Well, first of all, you said you find it's good for you. You mean you feel better when you're eating gluten-free food? Oh, yes. I suffered for decades from, um, let's call it, uncomfortable times in the bathroom. Uh-huh. So you may have had you may have had something called the gluten enteropathy, uh, uh-huh. which basically so a lot of people are gluten free because they feel better, but they don't actually have trouble absorbing wheat. But other people really have trouble absorbing wheat, and it's it's kind of a difficult thing to diagnose in the office. It's not difficult in one way. We now actually have a blood test which will pick up some, not all, but some of the people with a gluten enteropathy. That's where, once again, your wheat does not digest well in your small intestine. And wheat turns out to be in everything. But fiber, well, you can get fiber in a lot of things. So first of all, psyllium. You know Metamucil, the name brand thing? Mm -hmm. Metamucil is psyllium husk. So it is the husk of a psyllium seed that mostly comes from India. And we produce it, but we get a lot from India. And frankly, that is a very good way to get fiber. It's easy. You put some in like water in the morning or put some in some orange juice and drink it down. And you can get plenty of fiber that way. And then you can do other things. You can have, you know, other sorts of things that have high fiber that are just not made of wheat. I've got a question for you. How's your poop? Ah. I didn't know that I could have it be normal. <laughs> right, right. So you had loose stools your whole life? Is that what you mean? Oh, had? yes. And what was diagnosed as irritable bowel. Like, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, but there's nothing we can do about it. And there didn't seem to be. No, no. You know, you know, it's very interesting. Irritable bowel is sort of a wastebasket disease where people have somewhat, they'll have an enlarged tummy or they have little diarrhea. And we often don't think of gluten as being, as being the issue. So how long have you been on a gluten-free diet? It's only a matter of, say, 10 months, but Mm -hmm. I saw a difference within a week. Right, 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 right. You probably, I'm sure you have that. You know, keep it up. By the way, I was in the store the other day, and I was looking for some spaghetti, and I pulled out some gluten-free spaghetti, which I have not made yet. Have you tried that at all? Yes, yes. The penne cooks well if you don't overcook it, and the spaghetti, and they do have flavor. The bread isn't so good. No, the bread is not. But no, no, but I'll tell you something. I had a brioche 
gluten-free bread that turned out to be very good. So mm-hmm. you've got to shop around and find things because, believe me, the manufacturers of food products are definitely jumping on the bandwagon, if they had for, and they have for a long time. So experiment, find some things. And Carl, you know, we've got we we don't tend to do gluten-free. Recipes. I'll make a note of that right now. I remember the last time. We should do a few gluten-free recipes. For sure. I just actually the other day at the store picked up a a two-pack of gluten-free pizzas with cauliflower crust. Oh, I've had that. They're pretty good. I've had that. Yeah. they're, They're pretty good. So that's it. Well, congratulations. You found something good. And the reality is use some Metamucil and you'll go far and your poop will never be the same. In a good way. Thank you. Thank you. You take care now. Thank you. You know, there actually is the Bristol Stool Scale, which we will put on our website. And you would think about that's how the Brits are. The Brits are very involved with their poop. And the Bristol School, the Bristol Stool Scale, which is very hard to try to say that three or four times. <laughs> Bristol School, no, Bristol Stool scale, scale, not the Bristol School Scale, uh, <laughs> actually is a way to see what your poop is like because that actually is what gastroenterologists use and others use to actually determine whether or not you have something sausage-like, pellet-like, or diarrhea-like. And there's different colors too, right? Not on the not on the scale. Yeah, well, it's a color. You know, isn't color have a lot to do with it yeah, too? I'll have to look at the scale. <laughs> I think it's more like that. You know, you know. I don't mean to have a potty mouth on this, but no, it no. actually is important. How we poop is a major part of our lives. You never will pass up an opportunity to talk about poop on the air. I know that's horrible. 800-462-7413 is the number to call anytime. Leave us a voice message. 800-462-7413. All right, Zorba, our first topic of the day, some new research from JAMA about melatonin gummies. They have a higher dose. What's maybe on the label? Well, the question is what's on the label with any supplement? So, First of all, let's just talk about supplements. Supplements are not regulated by the FDA. So in other words, you may buy any supplement and it may say 10 milligrams, 20 milligrams, 30 milligrams. I don't care what the supplement is. And there's no FDA that says you really have to have 20 milligrams in there. It's not like a vitamin. And so if you're looking at supplements, you have to go to a reliable source. And I just want to mention that at first. So I happen to like uh, a a website called consumerlab.com. I think they're good. Got to pay money to get onto the site. But what they do is they look at things like melatonin gummies. They actually test them. Mm -hmm. They then put them on which ones they tested. And they actually tell you how much it is per milligram. So you can be cost aware because there are big differences for the same amount of melatonin. The other issue with that is the fact that store labeled uh, gummies or anything that's store labeled, they often stand behind it. So Walgreens, CVS, Walmart, Target, uh, Costco, all of them don't want to have somebody do an independent review and say, hey, there are not enough milligrams in this particular supplement. So I just want to mention that to people because people are not aware. So mm-hmm. do you buy any supplements? I, I actually use some melatonin gummies from time mm-hmm. to time. How do you to decide to which one to buy? I go really low dose, like the, uh-huh. the kids ones, basically. No, how do you decide on oh. which company to buy from? Oh, because I've been working on the show for quite a while. <laughs> and I've heard you talk about how you, you got to go to a store well, you trust because, because they stand behind. You may just look at the label and say, yeah. oh, Nature's Way label, this looks like a good one. You can't tell from the label. Well, didn't they find that some of the doses was higher well, than, that, than was posted? And that is exactly the point. So they did 22. They looked at a whole bunch of gummy supplements, 25 gummy supplements. Guess how many were mislabeled? How many? 22 out of 25. Wow. So in other words, they looked at most of the products contain 20, 30, or 50% more melatonin than they said was in the product. In some cases, it was like two and a half times more. Four of the products had less than they actually had them. Mm. They were inaccurately labeled. And when you look at this, this is really important because when you look at it for either melatonin, CBD, or cannabis gummies, all of them often used from people to go to sleep, mm-hmm. you don't know squat about whether or not they're going to have it in there. And I think this is really an important thing that consumers, they don't know about. I mean, they look and they go, oh, it's Nature's Way gummy. And they read about it and they say, we've been in the business forever. My grandfather was in the business and it came from 1858 in Italy. And they give you a whole story, Mm -hmm. which is really rock and roll advertising that has nothing to do. It's all marketing. 
It's all marketing. So either it's going to be consumerlab.com, consumer reports often that you also have to buy, have to look at it, or another verified site. And that's how you determine which melatonin, which melatonin gummy you're going to use to go to sleep. I think melatonin is safe and effective, but you want to make sure you're getting the same amount each time so you know how much you're getting. Because you may say, hey, this thing really put me to sleep. And then next month, you may buy another melatonin. You may say, you know, it's not working anymore. Mm-hmm. Well, guess what? It's not working because the dose is not the same. So buyer beware. Choose, an, as I say, either choose a store brand because I think they're going to stand behind it or go to consumerlab.com. Spend your 25 bucks for the year. I think that's what it costs, but I even looked at them uh, recently. And then get a brand get a brand that actually they have tested and you know is going to be safe, effective, and what you get is what's on the label. Good advice, Zorba. 800-462-7413 is the number to call anytime. That's 800-462-7413. You can leave us a voicemail. And let's go to a voicemail now. This is one from Wisconsin. Hello, Dr. Zorba. I am currently taking a walk with my dog trying to get the the dementia risk down, uh, according to your uh, recommendation. So thank you. My question is, on social media, I've been seeing a lot of ads for weight loss based on your hormonal type and how you have to find out your hormone type to know what you need to do to lose weight, et cetera, et cetera, especially as I'm in my mid-40s and at some point, I'll be facing menopause. I'm just wondering what is the validity of the hormones um, affecting weight loss, and is that something that these social media ads are just trying to sell, like snake, ju- <laughs> um, like fake placebos, or is it really something I should be concerned of? Thank you so much. You know, that is such a good question, especially since we just talked about melatonin. And here it is, social media, advertising. You know, what do we get from advertising? We get some good stuff and we get some bad stuff. So here it is, they're advertising, take this or take that, because you really got to lose weight according to the hormones and what's going on. And the answer is, no, that's garbage. It has nothing to do with it. Now, losing weight is not easy. Gaining weight, it's easy. Losing weight, not easy. So... Uh, you know, there's so many issues with weight loss, and there's so much junk that's on the market. Now, we know, of course, that Ozempic, which is now the GLP-1 uh, drug that's used for $1,000 a month if you're paying for it, wow. actually causes people to lose weight up to 50 pounds. But recent information has shown that there may be increased in suicidal ideation for people taking Ozempic. And we won't get into that as a story. That's a whole other mm-hmm. topic that we're going to talk about uh, on a future show. But the answer is, Weight loss, hormones, are they linked together? Well, of course they are linked together in your body. As women get older, they become, they have more fat in their body. Muscle is replaced by fat. As men get older, guess what? Muscle is replaced by fat. Oh, yeah. You know, if I look in the mirror, I'm, a, I'm an old guy. I'm 75, 76. I'm going to be 76 soon. And I weigh about the same as I did 40 years ago. When I look in the mirror, I go, where did those love handles come from? I'm the same weight as I was <laughs> before. And you know what? They just came from, that's my curriculum vitae. It's because I'm a wise elderly, so I have these love handles. You can't get over that. So Hormones do make a difference. When women go through menopause, they do gain more fat in their body. But there is no diet that is specifically involved with that that has been scientifically proved to do anything. Ultimately, it's the way, it's the calories that come in, it's the exercise that goes out, and Mother Nature plays a role. 800-462-7413. That's the number to call anytime. That's 800 462 Seven four one three. Okay, Zorba. Before we take a break, let's do that segment where we give some of your naysayers <laughs> some airtime. There's only a couple of them, but we give them airtime. Okay. There's not too many naysayers. <laughs> this is disagreeing with the doc. Disagreeing with the doc. Disagreeing with the doc. Oh oh oh. All right, Zorba. The following email came from a listener named Tom in Stevens Point, Wisconsin. 
And Zorba, the previous discussion Tom's referring to, it, it was talking about when hugging became more widely accepted oh, for when men. When hugging, right. Because it changed it, over my lifetime. That's right. That's what right. you're talking about on right. the show. Right. Tom from Stevens Point writes, a correction for Dr. Zorba. Our culture's acceptance of hugging didn't begin with Bill Clinton. It began earlier in the 1970s and 80s with Leo Buscalia, a.k.a. Dr. Love, who constantly promoted hugging. Oh, I remember Do you remember the, him? Oh, absolutely. I definitely, I definitely remember him. He wrote a number of books. He did. He was on PBS was a on lot. on TV all the time, right. Leo yep. Buscalia. Very, Leo yep, Buscalia. Yeah, yeah, major guy. Yep. So I did a little bit, little bit of research on Leo, and I'd never heard of him before. I'm sure some of our listeners had heard of him. But um, I came across an interview he did in 1982 on David Letterman's TV show. So this is early David Letterman. Keep in mind, this is about 40 years ago, and I think uh, I think David Letterman has probably grown up a bit since his, his comments about <laughs> maybe, this. But maybe, maybe, maybe he's grown up. <laughs> but the message here certainly looks grown up with his beard and everything else. There's <laughs> no true. doubt he's about got it. A big beard. He's now. not a young-looking guy. Big guy. <laughs> looks. He's got a different look. <laughs> yeah, but it gives a little context about Leo Biscalia, and I think it's a good message here. So I'm going to play this clip. But Brad, let's cue up that clip on Letterman. When we know scientifically that when somebody touches you, embraces you. Your hemoglobin count goes up. And the hemoglobin is that magical stuff that carries the oxygen to the heart and the brain and the vital organs. And so you're a healthier person. You should basically hug at least four times a day. But uh, you bet. That notion strikes me as being uncomfortable. I don't want to hug uh, most people. Don't you? No. Now, does that mean there's something desperate no, wrong abso- with me? No, absolutely not. It just yeah. means you don't want to hug somebody. Yeah, okay. Well, <laughs> I'm, uh, you know, I get my hemoglobin up in other ways, I think, probably, but not, not hugging. Would you like to tell us about that? Well, I think uh, if, if, you hug, if you hug the one or two people you want to hug, period, that ought to do the same thing, don't you think? It does a lot, but you know, there are an awful lot of people out there that need a little hugging. Yeah. And uh, you don't lose anything by doing it, and you both gain. Mm-hmm. So why are you reticent? Uh, I just, I have a, uh, I don't know. I, I see a lot of fat people. Uh, well, as an Italian, that appeals to me. Yeah, yeah. I, and I don't mean that I know it's fine to be fat if you want to be fat. That's fine. I have nothing against fat people. I just don't, uh, uh, you know, it's uh, poor packaging. And, <laughs> and, you're, and, and David, you're hugging not a package. Uh, you're hugging a, a warm, tender, loving human being, and it hardly matters what the package is. Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I think too often. So yeah, 1982, David Letterman. I thought there was a good message buried in there. So, I, what do you think of all that? Well, first of all, I know I remember Leo Buscalli. Mm-hmm. I think that's a good message. But you listen to the clip, and it's very interesting how culture changes. Oh yeah. Because first of all, you know, fat people. You know, it's insulting. Oh right? yeah. I don't hug fat people. That's a really insulting thing. I don't know if he would say that today. He definitely uh, wouldn't. I bet he but, would cringe but also, hearing that clip. But also, I don't think the audience would laugh at that today no, either. Absolutely. So not. it shows you how we have to be more respectful of people with different body types. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it also, it's very interesting how Leo Bascalia may have moved that forward because mm-hmm. when I was a kid, I remember when, and I've mentioned this before, Fidel Castro and Khrushchev hugged each other, and my father said, that's disgusting, because he saw two men hugging, and he thought it was disgusting. Well, he thought it was disgusting. I mean, it was in, you know, his brain, but, you know, but but my father was born in 1909, so it was something that men did not do. They didn't hug each other, and now you look at NFL games, and the guys are always hugging each other, and it's considered to be a warm, wonderful thing. Patting each other's butts. But Leo may have been that and you do have people that all of a sudden make a society change. Mm-hmm. And hugging is good. And body type, we have to be respectful of everyone with every single body type, because the reality is that's who we are. That's who we are. Do you disagree with the good doc? If you do, he'll just reach over the airwaves and give you a big old hug, maybe. <laughs> will, will you do, can you do that over the air? Try. If anyone could do it, you could do it, Zorba. Just post on our Facebook page or send us an email at, at Zorba at WPR.org. More of your calls to come, more of your emails, and we'll sink our teeth into a tasty mushroom scampi mm, recipe. Delicious. All that coming up on Zorba Pastor on Your Health from PRX.
Carl Christensen in the studio here with Dr. Zorba on Zorba Pastor on Your Health. The number to call anytime is 800-462-7413. That's 1-800-462-7413. But before we get back to those phone calls, Zorba, let's do the recipe. Mushroom scampi. Now, do you like scampi, shrimp scampi? I've had shrimp scampi. I used to work at the Olive Garden, oh. actually. So oh. there was shrimp oh. scampi all so, around me so all the time. So how is there shrimp scampi? I never, I haven't gone there, oh, I don't know, it's in years. It's been a long, that was back in college. I Did was a you bartender like there. I think I they whatever free meal they gave me on my shift I would eat. But I do remember there was a a, a server there who would say shrimp scampi, scampi. And I was, <laughs> so whenever I see scampi, whatever. I hear her voice. So did you get the free meals that nobody else ate because they had too much of the stuff? I got the so dropped the floor pasta. They dropped you got floor pasta. <laughs> no, floor not pa- really. Well, but know, mushroom scampi. On, this you know is... that's I mean floor pasta. That's yeah. Uh, we won't we won't even. That's our next recipe next week. Go there. So mushroom scampi. So it uses garlic. Scampi is garlic. I have made a variety of shrimp scampies at home. I have never made a shrimp scampi that I've been happy with. Okay. In my mind, I mean, I've had shrimp scampi in Italy, and it was really good. It was robust. The garlic was just right. And when when it comes to shrimp, you've got to be so careful with things. When it comes to mushrooms, you've got a little more leeway in how you do it with mm-hmm. shrimp. Do you make shrimp at home? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. we definitely make so shrimp. So you know if you cook it too much. It's easy to mess up. Yeah, it's for sure. E- it's just needs a touch of heat. It doesn't. Yep. But mushrooms are completely different. I, I mean, love they cooking really, mushrooms. They, you know, it's completely different. My kids so. love mushrooms too. And by the way, I forgot to tell you, this recipe, my mother-in-law cooked it for me, actually. Oh. She oh. found it online and cooked it for oh, us. Wow. It was fantastic. Wow. It was very good. You like your mother-in-law? Sure, yeah. She's great. <laughs> just checking. There's no <laughs> other answer to that question, is there? There's no <laughs> other answer to that question. Right, Brad? There's no other answer to that question. He's, no. He just, hands, he just his put hands. his hands up. I, that's right. <laughs> All right. Start out with two tablespoons spoonfuls of unsalted butter, two tablespoons of extra virgin olive oil, two big tea, extra virgin olive oil, a shallot thinly sliced, one shallot thinly sliced, one and a half pounds of button mushrooms, cremini, cremini, wait a cremini second. or cremini, I don't cremini, know. Cremini, anyway. Someone half, will let us know. But, but I'll tell you something, a, a half, <laughs> one and a half pounds of mushrooms, you can use any kind of mushroom you want to, but one and a half pounds of mushrooms, half quartered, you want them cut into smaller pieces. One and a half pounds of mushrooms of choice, half or quartered. That's right. Four garlic cloves finely chopped. Four garlic cloves finely chopped. A half cup of dry white wine and a half cup of vegetable stock. Yes. (laughs) Yes to both. Okay. Yes to both. I agree. Uh, A teaspoon of kosher salt. One little tea, kosher salt. That's right. Yeah, kosher salt, uh, there's a different texture to it, so that's what I would use. Quarter teaspoon of red pepper flakes. Quarter little tea, red pepper flakes. So you have a big container or a small container of red pepper flakes. You know, those Uh, are the ones you put on pizza. Right. My friend's dad used to call them red devils. <laughs> I love putting them on pizza. We have kind of a big jar of or big Yeah, because I use container. it all the time. Yeah. Uh, you're going to use some black pepper, by the way. Black pepper, black coarsely pepper. ground, of course. Mm-hmm. I have a cup of parsley leaves, tightly packed, roughly cut. So you want to use a lot of parsley leaves in this. Half a cup of roughly chopped parsley leaves. You know, parsley, I always think of as an herb that is underused. It really has a very nice sort of smell to it and flavor to it, so it's really good. Do you ever see parsley and not think of the Simon and Garfunkel? album? No. You, I, every time right. I see the no. word, it's no. just no. right. Just I see right. the album it's cover. Right. It's right in there. Right. It's, right in, <laughs> it's right in there right now. It's right in there. The vinyl. The yeah, vinyl. exactly. It's, it's got to right be vinyl. Uh, three to four tablespoonfuls of lemon juice. It's got to be fresh. One to two lemons. Don't want to use reconstituted. Three to four big tea lemon juice. And here's a quick thing on that. My mother-in-law, she made this for me twice. The second time she made it, she used lemon zest instead of lemon juice, and oh. I think it was a little bit better. Oh, you mean so she used a tablespoon, three to three, three to four tablespoons? Not that much lemon zest. I can't remember. It was a lot so less than that. So used a combination. Yeah. Well, the zest has more flavors. It so does. you could use three to four tablespoonfuls. You could use like three tablespoonfuls of lemon juice and then a teaspoon or a tablespoon of yeah, lemon zest. Yeah, that sounds but about right. But actually, that is a good idea because lemon zest, uh, lemon zest actually itself is bitter, but in a small amount, it's going to add a lot of flavor. It really brought 
brightened everything up. It was <clears throat> great. And then uh, you choose the pasta noodles. Yep, pasta okay. noodles of choice. Let's make it. Heat a large 12-inch skillet over medium heat. Melt the butter and oil. Remember, you've got to be careful with butter because you don't want to burn it. And then add the shallots, stirring in until softened, about one minute. Add the mushrooms. Cook until the mushrooms are soft but still plump. In other words, you don't want them too dried. That is three to five minutes. Then add the garlic. Toss for only 15 to 20 seconds. Then add the wine, vegetable stock, salt, red pepper flakes, a few pinches of freshly ground black pepper, and then half the parsley. Increase the heat to medium-high. Cook, stirring occasionally until the wine has been reduced by half. Thicken slightly. That's about three to five minutes. And once you make it, you'll get the idea of how much it is, you know, how much you're actually going to have to cook it. Remove it from the heat, then stir in the lemon juice. Very important. You don't want to really get that lemon juice too hot because you're going to destroy the flavor of the lemon juice. Taste it. Add a little more salt if you want to. And then... Add the remaining parsley, so you've got some cooked parsley, you've got some fresh parsley, and then put it on the pasta of your choice. You may want to put, you know, spaghetti. You may want to use fettuccine. You may want to use one of those little round things. You may want to use the bows. You choose. This is mushroom scampi. You forgot one step at the end, and that is— To say thank you? You say thank you to my mother-in-law. This was great. Oh, that is say thank you. This was a great recipe. I wasn't even thinking— Thank you, mother-in-law. What's her name? Debbie. Oh, you got it right away. You yeah. see, it was right in the tip of your tongue. Thank you, Debbie. Yeah, I remembered her name. And if you want a copy of today's recipe, go to zorbapastor.org. That's zorbapastor.org. And don't forget, you can also find us on Facebook. 800-462-7413. That's 1-800-462-7413. Let's go to the phones now. This is a caller joining us from Minneska, Minnesota. Hi. Hi, Doc. Thanks for taking my call. I am a 70-plus-year-old farmer from Minnesota, and I struggle with weight loss. And I'm wondering about natural hormone balance, these pellets you can get to implant to help with low T, is that something that would work, and does it have side effects? Everything has side effects. You're a farmer, right? When you do stuff on your farm and you feed your animals something different, do they ever have side effects? Oh, you bet they do. <laughs> that's a good, a nice way of putting it, right? Yeah, well, that's side exactly effects. right. Uh, you know, side effects. <laughs> and you're 70 plus. I, I got, I've got a question, first of all. Are you ever going to give up farming? No. That's right. That's exactly. My dad was not a farmer. He was an entrepreneur, worked in things. He worked until he was 87. And, you know, when he was 86, I said, are you going to give up what you're doing? He said, why should I? I like doing it. <laughs> you know, that's Was he it. selling gumball machines? Well, that's, we're having that. a 55th class reunion this year, and that was one of the questions. You know, what are you doing in retirement? There is no retirement for me. I want to do what I can as long as I can. Right. No, no, I, I can't. love it. I, I, love I, I complete. I completely relate to that. When you're doing something productive, why not continue doing something productive? But getting back to your question about low T, we have to look at testosterone. So first of all, there's been a lot of research on testosterone and whether or not it's good for men, whether or not there actually is something called male menopause. And the feds did a bunch of research to see what the side effects may be. Well, first of all, there are potential side effects of heart disease, heart attacks that may be increased when you have more testosterone in your body than Mother Nature allowed you on that particular time. Now, if we look at women and estrogen, at one point, I as a doctor was putting every woman in estrogen because we said it was good for memory and it was good for your heart. And then we discovered it was bad for your breast because it caused an increase in breast cancer. So when we look at testosterone, we have to think about the side effects and what it actually does. So if you have a, a, a measurement of low testosterone as a 70-year-old man, I would guess that probably more than half of all men are going to show a low testosterone testosterone. That's going to be the case. And whether or not either the pellets, uh, the testosterone shots that go in every two weeks, or whether or not you actually rub the testosterone on your skin, because that's another way to get it, is going to have you lose weight? Probably not. Is it going to increase sex drive? Might, because that's what the studies have shown. It might show a difference in sex drive. Is it going to help with erectile function as a male gets older? Turns out that Viagra and Cialis are much better at erectile function 
function than testosterone. And that's where you and your healthcare provider have to sort of sit and look and say, what's in my best interest? But does it have side effects? Yes. So you could talk to your doc. You could take testosterone, which, by the way, can also go through a uh, not just the testosterone that may or may not be covered by your Medicare. It may be covered. It may not be covered. It can be expensive. But there are also compounding pharmacies that will put testosterone up at a fraction of the cost. And I would try the testosterone cream that you put under your armpit. Put them under your armpit because that's where they absorb well. And give yourself a six-week trial. And if you're not sure, you go on it for six weeks. Go off it for six weeks, go on it for six weeks, go off it for six weeks because there's a placebo effect. I wouldn't use the pellets. I'd go to the cream. Okay. I appreciate it, Doc. Thanks a lot. You're welcome. Thanks. And keep up the good work. Keep farming. Never you, retire. Uh, next time you enjoy a good steak, think of me. <laughs> <laughs> I will, and I do enjoy a good steak. I do. <laughs> I do. Okay. <laughs> All right. Take Bye care. <laughs> take care. <laughs> All right, 800-462-7413. That's 800-462-7413. All right, before we take a quick break, Zorba, let's hear from your favorite hand raisers and backseat drivers, the Grammar Police. You know, Zorba, can we re-record that jingle with you doing the vocal, just just like you did? I think I think it would, it would go over well. <laughs> All right, the follow. We'll talk about that later. The following quibble comes to us from Steve, who listens to the show on WUOT in Knoxville, Tennessee. Steve writes: On a recent show, you were discussing the joys of chocolate. You said that one type of chocolate, quote, has less fat and less calories. You should have said it, quote, has less fat and fewer <laughs> calories. <laughs> and then Steve says, the MLS Style Center says, and by the way, I'm going to stop Steve there. Okay. It's actually not the MLS. It's the MLA. Oh. So this is oh. one of my favorite Modern things. Language when a grammar police person Makes a mistake. messes up Mess- in their that, email. That's right. You know what we say? It's we say, kiss. come on. It's amazing. Come on. That's right. So That's right. The MLS right. is actually the Major League Soccer. So he means the MLA, which stands for Modern <laughs> Language Association. I know the MLA. Yeah, typos happen. Not a, right. not a big deal. Yeah, Obviously, yeah. it's just yeah, a maybe typo. Maybe it's not a typo. But who's keeping maybe track? Maybe doesn't know. Yeah. I am. Steve, Steve is, track. by the way. Steve's keeping I, track. They all keep of... track. <laughs> they all keep track. They've got a little list. They've got an Excel document. Error, 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 <laughs> mistake. Right. Yeah, I'm giving Steve a hard time. Back to his email here. He writes, the MLA Style Center says that we should, quote, use fewer with countable items, otherwise use the word less. And here's a tip. In general, if the noun is plural, yeah. use fewer. Mm-hmm. If it's singular, uh-huh. use less. Uh-huh. Steve uh-huh. goes on. Uh-huh. This, right? sounds, like Steve fourth, keeps this going. sounds like fourth grade, <laughs> like may and can. Go ahead. Uh, the MLA Style Center does note there are exceptions for some plural nouns, oh, so especially exciting. ones referring right. to money, That's right. distance, money. or time. Money, distance, and time. Where less money, distance, should and time. be used. The word less for less. those Fewer those money, fewer distance, fewer time. Doesn't make sense. And of course, Steve less gives us money, some examples less, of this. That's right, that's right. He's going to give us examples. <laughs> so ahead, these are Steve's examples. Okay, let's listen. Go she ahead. earns less than $50 an hour. She earned fewer than $50 an hour. You wouldn't less. say it. Less. No, yeah. right. <laughs> we have driven less than 50 miles today. We've done fewer than 50 miles. That wouldn't no. make sense. Right. And the video is less than yes. 30 minutes. Yes, but I think the video should be less than five minutes. <laughs> <laughs> this 30 minutes is too long a video. 10 minutes. Actually, when you look at videos on things like Amazon, <laughs> if they're talking about a product, if it says, Five minutes, you'd never do it. It has to be a minute. And oh a half. yeah, you lose them so right Steve, away. So Steve, so we've lost it already. We've yep. talked too long about this. Yep. So we now have fewer people <laughs> listening or less people listening. That's Steve, what I want. Believe to know. it or not, Steve continues. <laughs> That's right. If it's any consolation, Steve, Steve, <laughs> Steve is a grammarian, or he's got OCD. No, I shouldn't say that. That would be insulting. If he's a grammarian. Go ahead. Steve is a grammarian. I've got less time for Steve. If fewer minutes. If it is any consolation, no consolation. You are for not Steve. alone in making this error. I've got a consolation, guys. I've made lots of errors in my life. I'm willing to admit it. Mea culpa. Mea culpa. Go Steve ahead. says, I hear it frequently from newscasters and well-educated people being well inter- interviewed on radio so Steve, and TV. So Steve is now actually casting a spur 
conversions on well-educated people. So if I'm doing fewer versus less, am I the well-educated? Ah, come on, I've got an MD, and I almost got a master's. I really shouldn't have gotten that MD because I'm less educated. Go ahead. I thought you'd react like this. No, this I is, mean this really. is great. He is not trying to insult us. I bet He's Steve's trying a to great educate guy. us. Yep. Trying to educate us. Steve's Go ahead. If you're Please listening, going Steve. On. Go on. Is there more? That's it. Yeah. That, that's, that, that's the end there's of Steve's more email. Of less. Yeah. By the way, <laughs> by the way, if you want a great read, there's a book called Less. It's about it won the Pulitzer Prize a few years ago. It's a great read. Steve, read less and you'll understand a lot about writing. It's a wonderful book. When was the last time you read? Let me guess. You read the last book you read was before you had children, you right? Nailed it. Yep. <laughs> well, wait, I did read a little book that I could get in. <laughs> little uh, book. Like you one mean like book. 30 words? It was about the history and the making of planes, trains, and automobiles. The movie. Oh, for oh. some reason that was the oh, book I read. Good, the one that book that was I've a read. good movie. Oh, yeah. it's one of my favorites. How many favorites. years ago? I read that last year. Oh, oh it's not amazing. bad. One book a year. It's a lot of when it's about John two, Candy. When you've got two small children, one yeah. book a year is about all you <laughs> make it. Yeah, you're less of a reader now than you ever were. I'm fewer but, of a but, reader than but I when was. I want Steve or somebody to write us about the use of the word more when we use more. <laughs> <laughs> I got it. We got to wrap this segment up here. Do you wish Steve's email had fewer typos or maybe less length? <laughs> I'm kidding, Steve. We love our listeners. Join the ever-growing grammar police force. Send your grievances along in an email to... Zorba at WPR.org. More of your calls to come, another interesting topic to discuss, and more listener emails. All that coming up on Zorba Pastor on Your on Health. On Your Health. From PRX, the Public Radio, Radio Exchange. Carl Christensen here with Dr. Zorba Pastor on Zorba Pastor on Your Health. 800-462-7413 is the number to call anytime. You can leave us a voicemail. That's 800-462-7413. But before we get back to our callers, we got a topic here. Sedentary time may significantly affect hearts of adolescents? Well, that's a real issue. You know, obesity is an issue with kids. Mm -hmm. uh, too much screen time is an issue. We shouldn't really think of it as too much screen time, we should think of it but too little active time. Right. I mean, because that's, that's really what it's a moniker for. But I, but I remember I would come home from school and I would uh, eat uh, two Hostess cream-filled cupcakes. My mother would leave <laughs> for me with milk and watch the Three Stooges. But after the Three Stooges was on TV, it was like boring stuff like the news and I would go outside and play. Sure. But now, you know, if, people, if kids come home from school, they may not watch the Three Stooges, or they might, right. but they don't go outside and play. And this is not a small issue. This is a great big giant issue. And it started with when I was a kid, there was President Kennedy's, uh, he had physical fitness because the Russians had put up the Sputnik and it was felt in the 50s and the 60s that American kids were not fit enough. And it mm -hmm. was a big issue. Well, the big issue over the last 50 years has become a bigger and bigger and bigger issue. And this particular study looked at it, came out of England, came out of the UK, the Bristol Study of Children. These are kids, 530 adolescents, 17 years of age and older. And they did a whole bunch of things. They looked at the fat mass of their body, the muscle mass on the body, their blood glucose, sugar, lipids, inflammatory markers, insulin, whether or not they smoked, whether or not they vaped, what their socioeconomic status, uh, their history of cardiovascular in, in the family. And then they did echoes. Do you know, do you know what an echocardiogram is? Uh, EKG. No, it's not an EKG. Oh, it's not? It's sort of like, uh, if you would, you can think of it as a sonar looking at your heart. It looks, it looks not the electrical activity of your heart, but how your heart's contracting. Okay. And we use echocardiograms to look at people who have valve disease, whether or not they're in heart failure, but we're measuring actually how the heart is moving. Very, very important. And they looked at it, and lo and behold, they found that kids who sat around and did less had larger hearts 
but didn't have a larger heart in terms of their muscle mass. Ah. So in other words, they might have a larger, fattier, flabbier heart, and that may not bode well for them in the future. In other words, what you want is you want a strong heart. You want a a heart that is strong and compact. You don't want a heart that is flabby and larger. And this was a very uh, unfortunate, almost scary result that Mm -hmm. kids, when they're younger, if they're not going out and do things, may actually impact their lifestyle or impact their their life when they're 50 or 60 years of age. Hmm. So I think the bottom line here is the bottom line that we always have as parents and as grandparents. Get your kids out to move because movement is healthy and too much screen time is bad. 800-462-7413. That's 1-800-462-7413. Let's go back to those phones now. This is a listener in British Columbia, Canada. Hi. Hello. How can we help? Uh, I have a problem for uh, Dr. Zorba, and it uh, deals with uh, phlegm in my throat. And it's a, it's a, a morning, uh, like from 8 o'clock till noon, and uh, it, it gives me a problem, and it's uh, going back to five years plus. Uh-huh. And uh, the doctors that I, well, we don't have too many doctors here in British Columbia, but the doctor I used to have before he retired, he, he simply said he didn't know. And I'm hoping that uh, Dr. Zorba would give him a bit So where in, B- where in BC do you live? <clears throat> uh, we, we live in the uh, Okanagan uh, Valley. It's uh, it's a desert valley, uh, and it's probably, well, it is the only va- uh, desert valley, and uh, I think it's uh, probably the most beautiful <clears throat> spot to live in uh, North America. Yeah, no, I've been, to B- I've been to BC numerous times, and back, back when I was in medical school, I hitchhiked all the way across the Trans-Canada Highway, and I remember how beautiful BC was. It was just great, you know, all the way, all the way through the province. Hard to pick up a ride, but beautiful, because there weren't <laughs> many people going down the Trans-Canada in, the, in those days. That was, that was the case. Um, I, yeah. do, I do have some ideas. A couple of questions. Do you have any stomach pain, stomach discomfort, uh, something we call GERD? GERD, I, I have no okay. idea what so, that means. So GERD is gastroesophageal reflux disease. Let me explain because that may be what you have. It may be what you have. So when we get older, at the base of our esophagus, we have a little sphincter there. It keeps the food in the stomach while the stomach is churning and digesting, and it keeps it from going up the esophagus. If it goes up the esophagus, it can be very painful, and that's called GERD when all of a sudden people have a lot of heartburn. But some people can have little sloshing of acid up the esophagus, and it doesn't burn, but it produces uh, enough irritation to cause a cough. And that turns out to be a very common thing as you get older. It's very, very common. This is not a cough, uh, doctor. Uh, This is phlegm. that I uh, have to uh, cough up. And uh, so, uh, some of the, uh, is about the size of uh, one's uh, thumbnail. Okay. And okay. Uh, to cough it up, uh, I've I found that if I kneel over in a shower and uh, let uh, gravity uh, assist uh-huh. uh, me, mm-hmm. uh, I can cough it up. And uh, <clears throat> it, it, it is in yellow in color. Uh-huh. Were uh, you a smoker years ago? Or are you a smoker now? Did you smoke uh, cigarettes? No, I haven't smoked there for 50, 60 years. Okay, long t- a long time. Do yeah. you use any inhalers at all? Uh, no, I, 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 uh, <clears throat> my health uh, is probably um, close to 100%. Uh, I, I I don't uh, take any uh, medicine or mm-hmm. anything like this. Mm-hmm. I uh, my age, of course, is uh, <clears throat> eighty four right uh-huh. now. But uh, the medicine that I take is uh, uh, prednisone mm-hmm. for gouty arthropathy, uh, mm-hmm. mm-hmm. and I take some allopurinol, and mm-hmm. I take some I. 
Prav, which this is a nasal spray, mm-hmm. and that that that's uh, about it. Okay, so I've got I've got two suggestions for you that you may want to do. One is a non-prescription medication, and one would be a prescription medication. So what I would do is go to the drugstore and get famotidine. F is in Frank. A M O. T-A-D-I-N-E, famotidine. It is something that's used for stomach distress, but some of your mucus, even though it doesn't seem like it's coming from your stomach, it might be the acid that's going on in your body is actually producing an irritation in your lung. So that's the easiest, cheapest way to initially see if that's going to do something. I would try that and give it a bit of time. See if that works. Okay. Now, if that doesn't work, I have another suggestion, and this will be a prescription drug. And you either use it as a nasal spray. Or I do have a nasal spray. Uh, uh, I, I prevent Atrovent. Oh, you're putting that in your nose. Okay. The the same, you may also want to use that as an inhaler in your lungs. In other words, it's used also as a lung inhaler to cut down on mucus. So it's the same drug, but you inhale it. And so that you need a prescription for from your doctor. So I would try that, not just in your nose. That's a good thing to use in the nose to cut it down, but you may be producing mucus in your lungs. Try those things. Yeah. Thank you, uh, doctor, for uh, giving me these excellent and, uh, and, suggestions. And you and, are uh, living in one of the most beautiful places in the world. And I've traveled all around the world, and B.C. is right at the top of my list as incredibly gorgeous, God's country. Um, yeah, and I've traveled uh, throughout uh, with my military career, and uh, but the Okanagan is the best. He's seen a lot. He's seen a lot, and that's the best. (laughs) You take care now, and thanks for your call. Thank you, sir. Thanks so much for that call at 800-462-7413. That's 1-800-462-7413. All right, Zorba, let's pry open the always overstuffed Zorba Pastor on your health inbox. Let's take an email. This is from a listener named Terry who writes... Dear Dr. Zorba, I always enjoy your show. Thank One, you. Yeah, good good start, Terry. Mm-hmm. One you. topic that I've never heard come up is the fear of public speaking. Mm-hmm. I've tried the deep breathing. I've tried therapy, but I never had a breakthrough until my doctor prescribed 40 milligrams of propanolol. Right, propanolol. Propanolol. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I got that right. Mm-hmm. To be taken an mm-hmm. hour or two before the yeah. public speaking event. Instead of having my heart rate race so much, I couldn't talk. The heart rate stays constant and I'm able to speak comfortably. It really has been a life changer for me. The only downside is I need to skip running the next day because I assume I'm still under the effects of the medication and it's hard to get the heart rate up for a comfortable run. Anyways, keep up the good work. Now, Zorba, you do a lot of public speaking. You have for years. What do you think of this idea? Well, first of all, beta blockers are great for public speaking. Uh, So he could go from 40 milligrams down to 10 milligrams. He may be on a dose that's higher. He may only need 10 milligrams. That's the usual dose that I prescribe for public speaking, 10. And I would try 10 milligrams, see if that works, or 20 milligrams. 40 is kind of, it's a good size dose, hefty dose. Mm -hmm. And it may stay around for 24 hours, in which case the next day you don't run quite as fast because... You know, your pulse doesn't go up, but I'll tell you, it really, really works for stage fright and public speaking. And by the way, many, many violinists who are in national orchestras, New York Philharmonic, Chicago Symphony Orchestra, take beta blockers Mm. because it stops the tremor in their fingers, Uh in their hands when they have it. And I understand it. I like public speaking, uh, you know, and so what happens is before I get up and speak, I always have I always have stage fright mm. every single time. Yeah. Just before when they're announcing that I'm going to go on and I'm going to talk, the first thing I think about is they're announcing is why am I here? I don't want to be here. I don't like this. I really shouldn't be doing that. Mm-hmm. And then when I get up and I start talking, it takes me about 30 seconds to a minute mm-hmm. to get over it. And then I've figured out a way of doing that you know, my own way, but it's very, very common. You talk to actors and actresses who are really good, and they a lot of people have the same thing. It is the biggest fear that most people have is getting up in front of the public and talking. Mm-hmm. So do you, do you have any trouble with public speaking? 
I'm not great at public speaking. I took some courses in college, wasn't great, uh-huh. got nervous. Yeah. I played music, so I'm uh-huh. on stage. But you music know. is different. It's different, It's because yeah. you're with a group. Right. You're doing it with a group. But you're I still get a that, little, right, that there's like that a little first, jolt first, of like, endorphins right before. Right before. And right then before. how long does it take before that jolt, before you're in the scene? Just like a minute or two, and then yeah. you settle in. But it actually kind of helps, I've found. Yeah. You kinda, no, it kind of right. gets, no, you, no, it gets, gets you, you going. Gets you going. Yeah. But if the gets you going gets a fast heart, and if the fast heart then makes you anxious, then it's not good, and that's where it comes from. And beta blockers basically stop that from happening. Good email. Good email, Terry. Do you have a question or comment for the show? Don't get nervous. Just pretend everyone is only wearing their underwear and send us an email. Isn't that one of those things they say? Pretend yeah, everyone's in their underwear? That's, that's ZorbaPastor.org. That's ZorbaPastor.org. And don't forget, you can find us through Facebook. 800-462-7413. That's 1-800-462-7413. All right, before we head out today, Zorba, we love when our listeners chime in to lend their tips or expertise to the show. Of course. We always love that. Always. We get a lot of that, But they're good tips. Yeah, they're They're good good tips. tips. They're usually good, too. Yeah, good tips, yeah. The following listener has a few tips, so we're just going to play his email for you. Hi, Carl. This is Dennis in Two Rivers. I have a caller comment to enlighten Zorba and the, the other listeners. Zorba mentioned something about uh, Brad giving away some steps. Since he walks uh, like 20,000 steps a day. Uh, I don't know if that's supposed to be something like carbon offsets where Brad would sell or give away things like steps to people who want the sedentary offsets when they sit and not exercise. And uh, as far as what uh, Zorba said about Dr. Kellogg and cornflakes, that sounds like uh, Zorba's attitude is spa, bung, um, spa, bung, bung, spa, spa, humbug. There it is. Okay, so spa something just to pass humbug. along to Zorba and listeners. He, he finally spit it out. Spa, spa humbug, humbug is the joke. I love it. But you're right. Actually, I think we've got a new market exchange. <laughs> I think people who do more than 10,000 steps a day, like Brad, can put the steps on the market, and that'll be a carbon offset there for people who do less. Give away and your then steps. They can, and, then, and then you raise money for charity. You know, I like or, this idea. You know, for, for shoes. But I, th- I think we've got something going there. What do you think about that, Brad? Yeah, I don't know what NFTs are, but... <laughs> I'm going to have to find out and I'll create NFTs <laughs> batches of stuff. That's it. We got oh, yeah. it. We got it. Batches you'll, of you'll steps. You'll make a killing on that, Brad. And not, yeah, we got a website. We've got a oh, thing. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a killing. That's exactly yeah. it. <laughs> killing on a doctor show. I think that's it. <laughs> Let's monetize this. That's what we got to figure out. Go. All right. <laughs> this is America. Monetize everything. <laughs> Do you have a health tip or maybe a questionably executed joke for the show, just send us an email at Zorba at WPR.org and, of course, through Facebook. See you next week, Zorba. Stay well, Carl. If you missed anything during the show or you just want to stream the show online anytime, visit us on the web at ZorbaPastor.org or, of course, through Facebook. And don't forget, you can call us anytime to leave us your question at 800-462-7413. Leave us a voicemail. That's 800 800- 462-7413. Zorba Pastor on Your Health is a production of Wisconsin Public Radio. It is not intended as a medical diagnosis, so please do check with your doc. Our executive producer is me, Carl Christensen. Our technical director is Brad Kohlberg. Our theme music is by Leo and Ben Sidron. For Zorba Pastor, I'm Carl Christensen asking you to join us on the next Zorba Pastor on Your Health. Did you miss something on today's show? Simply go to ZorbaPastor.org to catch up on all things Zorba. There you will find recipes from the show, links to the Facebook page, Zorba's healthy living articles, and you can subscribe to the weekly podcast. On the web, that's ZorbaPastor.org.